Welcome guys to another episode of the All Ears Podcast with me, Luke Barnett. This podcast was invented for me to learn more about the world. I felt like as I became a good fighter, the better I got, the more I had to learn. The more I'm learning about all these things in life, I feel like I know so little. So I bring on interesting guests to talk to them about different topics in the world. I try and learn along with them and they get to teach me things. And hopefully you guys learn as well. Bless you, my friend. Yeah. I've got a cough, don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, so what's yeah. harder? Starting a real estate company from scratch in Marbella or growing up without a father? I mean, We're getting deep. I love that. I love that rhetorical question, if, if, um, if you will. I, I think, and everybody that grew up without a, without a dad can relate. I think that's the hardest thing to grow up in a single mother household. Uh, at the same time, I think it's the greatest privilege because from that comes a lot of strength and responsibility. Because you, you want to break that cycle in your family. You want to make sure that you're going to have your family, where you're going to show up, where you're not going to leave, right? So I think you, as a child, you get a short-term trauma from that, you know, broken household. But then you bounce back, and you can bounce back hard, harder than anybody else, right? And that's the most beautiful thing that I experienced. So I think it's both. I think it's a big privilege yet also one of the hardest things that you can experience. Because if you go in the wrong path and you get the wrong circle of people and influence, uh, you can also go down a very dark path. And um, that's something that you, and which I respect you for, and myself are really addressing to avoid that for a lot of youngsters. And some of my friends, they went down that road. So um, I think uh, yourself uh, and others and uh, me being here are, are an example of what you can do and what you can accomplish uh, without any, any examples per se. Yeah, yeah, I think for me personally, I mean, yeah. I had a fantastic yeah. father growing up, but I think I always questioned myself when I started this podcast yeah. and when I started my personal brand and I started talking, I said, yeah. listen to me, I know all this stuff. I always um, questioned like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And I'd always go back, Rokas knows, uh, yeah. I'd always go back and I'd be like, there's so many young guys out there that are lost, don't know what they're doing, yeah. or have been, grow up in a fatherless household or struggling to find, you know, people to look up to. And I feel like I've been extremely privileged to leave a, leave, lead a very successful and varied life where I've had so many experiences that I want to share. And I think through my experiences, I can teach people a lot about the world. Um, so that's why I, I started this podcast to learn from people like yourself who have been through challenges and overcome them and, and how you've managed to do that. And obviously the question was a little bit lopsided, um, but it's also very difficult in business to make yeah. something successful, especially here in Spain, because dealing with Spanish politics is, is, is insane. So I think there's so many things you can take away from speaking to people like yourself and I don't know who the audience is, young guys. I, I know I have a lot of young guys that watch me, so I try and give them those lessons, you know? Yeah. And I think you're a great example of that. 100%. I, I mean, for me, moving down here was a choice of settling down. I realized that I was, I think I was 28. I was like, I want to settle down, right? So I was coming from a place of generating a lot of online money, Wi-Fi money, I like to call it. And then also with leveraging my personal branding through which we're going to get into the acting that I always had a passion for, um, sharing a lot of my, my travels. I also had a lot of people that started asking me, okay, but Jess, how do you really do it? What is really your purpose? And, and so I sat down and I remember sitting on a beach in Mykonos. I think it was, uh, Dembo Zirin was there as well. 
and I'm like, uh, I looked at my ex-girlfriend back then, and I'm like, do I really like her? Do I really see myself growing with the, growing up with this woman? And I just didn't see it, and I just felt so empty, and I think I was 27, 28 in my prime, you know, generating a lot of money, traveling the world, and um, I felt very empty, and that was for me a turning point where I decided, okay, what is the best place to settle down? What is the best place to move? And also to always look back at what was my safest investments. It was always real estate. So I started researching the real estate market here, and I found out that there's a big market here. But then also I saw that when I was looking for real estate, there was nobody to really help me. So I started doing it myself. And that's kind of like how I transitioned into, into real estate here with a full-on agency that is now operating rentals, investments, and property sales. Yeah, so this, yeah. you talk about being in Mykonos on the beach, yeah. but you, you kind of mentioned it, but from a young age, you got into acting. Yeah. And then with the acting career, it took you to the States, right? So you, you yeah. just to talk about your background before we get into the, the, the real estate company that you've, you've made successful here is you were in a single, single mother household and you, you from, from what I know, that's why I really yeah. want to learn more about you, but you kind of rebelled a little bit or left, left the house yeah. and, and went in and joined the army, right? Correct. Yeah. So my mother basically said, I was, I was 16 and a half and I was like many young men, what is, how can you fulfill your masculine purpose? So I asked myself this back then I had no, I had no examples really. So I was like, okay, military, I guess, right. Being part of the best and being a modern day warrior, uh, which is now like, uh, having the green on and the weapon and armory. And, um, I, I got him and what it teach me, by the way, I've got a lot of respect for, for, uh, for the military because of it. But at the same time, I was defending a system right now I'm against, right? So I was, if you will, an agent of the matrix. And I realized very quickly that was not the life that was set out for me. I was also not a modern day warrior as I fought or I would fight for my country. I was doing many different things, but I'm very grateful for the training because because of that discipline, because of that mindset, I then stepped into my entrepreneurial journey. So I left after one and a half, two years. Uh, so I was 20 and I, all I knew was fitness and discipline. So I transitioned into personal training, just giving like uh, classes, got like uh, 40 euros for uh, a one hour session. And that's where that started. And I generated some money enough to pay the rent and to skill that with a, with a team, which is then called Maester PT, which now is, is a coaching company still that I have. And uh, but so what, yeah. what gave you the like, for a lot of young guys yeah. out there, they're into fitness, or they've come out from the army, or like myself, I was a fighter and I transitioned out of fighting. It's, I know so many fighters that yeah. transition out and, and do nothing. It's like, it's easy to say, okay, then I started Maester PT, and it, but but what was the juice or the ignition that made you think, okay, I, I don't want to work and just make 40 euros an hour. I need to learn how you use the phrase leverage. Like I need to leverage this. Most people don't even know what that means. Like when you say leverage, like your skill set. You've now become a personal trainer and you're training people one-on-one -on -one and you say, okay, the ceiling of this is I'm making 40 euros an hour. Yeah. Even if I make 100 euros an hour, I can only work a certain amount of hours in a day. Like what gave you the idea to think, okay, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I, I've been in the army. I've been a personal trainer. Now I want to go start my entrepreneurial journey and I want to leverage this and make a company and do the things that you did. Where do you think that inspiration came from? That's a really good, that's a really good question. I think it started just being in there, being in the system and feeling that there was more. 
so much more. And I also saw a vision of my life where I was going to stay. And that vision made me very sad. And it struck me where I was like, okay, what am I really going to do? Because the safe and secure thing to do is to stay or to have a job. And so by no means was I just transitioning easily into something else. It was just that like I asked myself, okay, what do I know? Discipline and training. There was nothing else that I knew. So how can I help people? Training them. So it was an easy transition in that way. What was not easy is to kind of like not know where I was heading. So I was literally on survival mode, right? Not being able to pay rent and kind of like figuring shit out at 20. And then because of, of the, 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 the clientele that you were generating and the, the feedback of like, hey, thank you, you know, and people needed. I was, I was not a nice guy. I was like a bad motherfucker. I can show you a picture. We can pull it up. Uh, I was bald. I was like uh, bulky and uh, just, just you know, full on like military mindset. But it worked for my clients, right? So uh, I had to be, become a little bit nicer. Um, and I had to transition into the normal civilization. So that I, along the way, I was learning that as well, how to properly communicate. And then also I realized it's really about mindset, really about psychology. This, this, this whole fitness industry is kind of like narcissistic, right, if you will. And um, it's really about like how do I look and for who and, and is it not really about health? And it should be about health. It should be about longevity. It should be about having more energy. Uh, but, um, so I saw that, I saw that I, I didn't feel good. So I was like, okay, how can I be an optimal coach without being a self-proclaimed coach or just, you know, be one of just another, just another coach. It's like, fuck it. I'm going to study psychology. So I went to university, did all the tests and everything. I graduated to four years in bachelor and, uh, at least I had the papers for whatever that means. Right. But meanwhile, I did, I skilled it. I did some security work as well on the side. I forgot to mention <laughs> because I, I, I needed money. I needed to pay the rent and, and, and investments. And uh, I started to get generated team. Um, and I sometimes couldn't pay them because I didn't have enough money from just training one-on-one. -on -one. But I knew that for me to grow as an entrepreneur, I, I couldn't just do invest my time for money. So... It was, it, was, it was a very dark time. Um, I felt very alone. And because I also felt that I didn't have a home to go back to, I felt the need to buy a property, to own something, to always have something to get back to. And that was actually my first moment I got into real estate. Uh, that was uh, 23. At 23, I bought my first apartment in Amsterdam, which was the best investment I made. And... Um, it felt really good because I had now a safe place, right? And, so that, and, but that yeah. was whilst you were yeah. studying psychology. You, uh, you managed to, yes, yeah. Okay. This at the was same this, time. yeah because I was in my last year. I was in my last mm -hmm. year, so. So you were studying psychology full time, working, working as a personal trainer yeah. and doing a bit of security yes. all at the same time. Right? All at the same time. Okay. So I was nonstop. I was nonstop, and uh, then um, what I what I was doing with with like understanding of like, okay, this, this lifetime is short. And I've told you in private as well. My best friend got very sick. Mm -hmm. I wanted to travel and I started traveling a lot. And, um, so I ended up in the U S my friend called me, said, I, uh, I'm going to die. And I went to back to Amsterdam, saw him and he told me just like, you gotta, you gotta do something else, brother, because we don't, we don't really know. I, I, I don't want to die. 
well, what is this? And um, mind you, he was a banker, just graduated, just was about to make money at 32. And I believe I was, what was that, 24? And just traveled to a few countries. I was like, okay, I gotta go all in. And then also I was like, what is really my passion? I was like, I love gardening, I love acting. I wanna do things that I love. And then I just like transitioned into, okay, guys, I cannot be physically present anymore here. I need to spread my wings. And that's where I really went full on, like on just like doing acting gigs. And I was like a lifeguard at some like stupid show in Netherlands. But then I landed in America and that's where it's huge. So I, I did all kinds of small gigs to also reality TV. And then suddenly I blew up. I was like, what? I got 300,000 followers from so from a stupid show. I was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And I'm like, wait, first I was very overwhelmed. I was a little scared because I, I had, Never understood personal branding this way. But then I was like, wait, I need to use this as a marketing leverage. I need to like, you know, they're playing with me. They're positioning me in a certain way. They're typecasting me in a certain way. It's like, let me do, let me do drama acting. Let me go to drama school, you know? And uh, so, and they loved it because I had a psychology background. I had some drama uh, classes behind me. I was like, okay, perfect. Um, so yeah, man, that, that's where like, that whole leverage of personal branding started. And then with the personal branding, I started transitioning into e-commerce. Um, and with the e-commerce, it allowed me to basically be anywhere in the world where I wanted. So with, with, the, yeah. with, with your friend, mm -hmm. you know, when, when he faced that and you yeah. faced that, that's what made you think that you wanted to live. And then this is it's a cliche thing or whatever, but they say uh, everyone dies, but not everyone lives. Right? Yeah. So when you, when you were faced with that at such a young age, 23, 24, and your, your close friend, you know, unfortunately, you know, his life ending and you being so close to that and a part of that and him saying to you, like, you have to go out and you have to live your life, that then led you to, to, to the idea of travel, to, to expanding your horizons. Absolutely. He told me straight in my face, like, he was, he was, you know, on his, practically his deathbed. We went to dinners and we went to, like, you know, to, like, really enjoy his last few weeks. And uh, when we had these conversations, I was just so touched by it and it made me very emotional. And uh, I was like, wait, there has to be a way. It, it cannot be that at my 30s that I'm finally able to, 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 to travel or even the idea from society, go retire at 60, 67 in my country. 67, if you even make it that far. You know, it just, it just didn't make sense to me. And when he told me that, I was like, let me research ways to do to, to, to this, to live now and to make money now. And um, then I also realized the concept of trading time for money. That concept just, just, just like was, was modern day slavery. <laughs> and I didn't read that in a textbook. I found that out through experience. So when you realize that, you start to understand, okay, what is the freedom level financially that I need to be able to live the life that I want, do the things that I want to do that make me truly fulfilled and happy and feel successful? All right, then you figure that out. You start like you travel, and you know. And with with e-commerce is is the Wi-Fi money that I talked about in the beginning that helps me to kind of like make that stepping stone to help other people at the same time. That's also how I wrote my book while I was traveling, which I was selling online about intermittent fasting with body mind psychology, what it does, uh, because this is what I wanted to tap into. How did you? have so much time? How did you have time to work and all do all these things at the same time? I didn't eat. I just, I, I tried to avoid eating 
eating is time, you know, eating makes you tired. Eating is like a big break. And I, I, I was young, I was leveraging. Time. And at the same time, I knew that fasting was the way to more energy, to longevity, to health. I was never sick, but we're so used to breakfast, lunch, dinner, it takes up a huge part of your day. And um, that's why like, the only reason why I could graduate full in a full-time study was because of that, you know? So you ha like, how often were you eating during, the, during this time when you were studying? I, I would say one time a day. Hmm. Yeah, one meal a day. And what, what meal and would right that be? And right now, yeah. What meal would that be? Would evening. you have breakfast? Evening? Yeah. Evening, okay. Yeah. And you discovered this in the military or how did you discover this method or what, what made you come up with it? I, I discovered this, this method through my own experience because sometimes I didn't have time to eat. And I'm like, well, how, how do I not feel hungry? I just realized, oh, fuck, I didn't eat. You know, but I'm like, I'm energized. How is this possible? And I started researching it. I started researching about fasting. I'm like, this is great stuff. You know, it's written in, in the Quran. We have Ramana, we have uh, in the Bible, we have, it's, it's even in religious scriptures. Um, it's, it's, it's known for, for, for thousands and thousands of years, but we're not implementing it. Why is it that we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner? It's to make us weak. It's to make us docile. It's to make us like, you know, so I was performing like high speed. I was performing sharp and, and now I'm on two meals a day. I'm trying to get back to one meal a day. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know where that went wrong, but I think comfort. Um, so that's another conversation we're going to get into comfort because I think that is our, our biggest enemy enemy as a, as a man. But um, yeah, man. So, so for me, I was like, okay, what helped my clients? I won in 2018 the Dutch Fitness Awards with the highest rating in Amsterdam. And uh, the main reason why people were voting for me with the highest rating was because of the transparency, the honesty, and a direct approach. I was not, again, I say it again, I was not an, like a nice guy to be around. I was very direct because that's all I knew for, the, for my entire life in my 20s. You know, so, you think like this, this ideology now of fasting and it's intermittent fasting, yeah. it's quite well, well, you call it well known, but eight years ago, even yeah, 10 years ago, it wasn't, it didn't really yeah. exist, right? When you were, you were trying to implement it and putting this yeah. in and then you were studying. So you were kind of like charting unknown territory and doing things that other people weren't doing. Now <clears throat> you talk about fasting. Most people in the fitness industry understand what fasting yeah. is. Uh, but 10 years ago, if you said don't eat, people would probably be able to think you're crazy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, this is the thing I didn't even tell anybody. You know what I mean? Who knows? Who the fuck cares, right? But um, I was like, I just, you know how people, when they start trying to fast, like I feel weak, I feel tired, I don't have energy. Got to go through that phase. But also in my book, I describe all the different types of fasting, right? Because it might not be one meal, meal a day for you. It might be two. I don't know. Right, so there's so many different types of fasting, and then you got to figure out what works for you. Just like the same people that say bread is evil, like any carbs is like the, the enemy. I don't know. Depends. I think now what, they, what works for you, right? The, yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. now they've even got to the point yeah. where they have um, because I had someone on the podcast yeah. talking about this. They have like testing now of your genetic, right? Yeah. So they know what foods inflame you and all this sort yeah. of stuff. This is all science that's catching up with us. Um, you know, I'm about to go through that testing phase, but I. When I was fighting professionally, I obviously learned a lot about dieting and all the yeah. rest of it. You'd be amazed how little food you actually need 
to survive. Like when you when you, when I'm cutting weight and I would be dropping 15 kilos in a week, you know, 12 of those kilos in water in one day. But you would be amazed how little food your body needs to survive and how you can draw energy out of your fat cells and all that other stuff. I mean, I need to listen to myself now because I'm putting on a bit of weight, but. You know, I I'm getting, getting back to friends. it. So yeah. for me, I think the optimal way to live for me yeah. personally is to eat twice a day. For me, I try and eat at two o'clock and I try and have an evening meal. That keeps me energy very, very high. I'm a very high yeah. output guy. I work like nonstop, constant. Yeah. So if I was eating three times a day or eating heavy carb meals, all these sort of things, it really does bring me down. Yeah. So I try and eat very, very like twice a day, twice a day, two o'clock, eight o'clock kind of, kind of span. So I'm, yeah. I'm doing the fasting thing, but not even really trying. For yeah. me, it's effortless. I don't have to think about it because it's just like, okay, I, that's what I do. Yeah. And if I'm hungry in the morning when I wake up, I'll eat. I'm not like militant about it. Yeah. Um, but I think that ideology now for people is, yeah. is widely available yeah. is what I'm trying to say. So for you, when you started it and maybe when you released your book, I didn't yeah. even know you wrote a book. So now when you released yeah, your man. book, like- I'm gonna bring it for you. It was yeah. probably a, a brand new concept for a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and especially because I integrated it with also what it did for the mind, right? Because we all, we all want clarity. We all want focus. It's exactly what right now in this information society that we lack. We're so distracted and we're so confused. Uh, where are we heading? Where are we right now? What is our purpose? You know? I think for uh, most people now, the world's yeah. like, like you said, mentioned yeah. being comfortable, but I think it's so easy. Like, like people are saying life's difficult now and then prices are going up and bills are more and electricity and water and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But the actual, if you look at existence 200 years ago or even my dad's uh, generation that was the war generation when the World War II finished, like he grew up on rations. So he grew up like on rations, literally. So and now when I grew up, can have whatever you want. Like everything is so available and so yeah. convenient. And with, I mean, I know you spend a bit of time in Dubai, but if you have Kareem in Dubai, you just literally, boom, turns yeah. up at your door. Life yeah. is so convenient now. Yeah. And people think it's hard. It's it, it, There's nothing hard about life. Yeah. It's, people are just becoming softer and softer and softer. Absolutely. And as people become softer, they start talking about what's my purpose. It's like, okay, if you need to think about what your purpose is, then your life's too easy. You know, yeah. like, like if the government's looking after you and paying your bills, what's my purpose? Your purpose is to get yeah. up off your ass and do something. You know, like yeah. I, I understand and I, I have, you know, I. I think you, when you know what your purpose is, you're so much more motivated and you're, you work so much harder and you do all these things. But I think the, the main reason why people are lazy is because their life is easy. Yeah, this is, this is one of the, the, I would say, the, the reasons why. The other reason is also a little bit more uh, nuanced. Whereas if we look at society right now, that everything from media to our water to our, our um uh, our, even our school system is designed to continue to keep you weak, to keep you docile, to not, you know, right? So, so we cannot also, if we look at the generation now, I think we, we have a very, very concerning generation, whereas they are completely indoctrinated with the information that the government is providing. And I think you and I, we both understand, you know, the differences and we can kind of like, opt out but right now we have kids right i uh, i'm gonna say it on this podcast for the first uh, by the way this is a, a new a new uh, uh premiere my girlfriend is pregnant three months so i'm already looking at like possibly homeschooling but it's so important right now to protect our children from this um, whatever it is about our water whatever it is about our food 
everything in there is keeping us weak and therefore we are easily controllable therefore we are more feminine um so it is it is not just like okay um you know you you need to get up your ass and move it's also like okay what are you eating what are you drinking what what, what information are you consuming how what, what environment are you bringing up in, right we just talked about one school here in marbella if you're you think it's a private school and you think it's good well it's not it's you could you could argue it's even worse than a public school so uh, these, these are all things that we need to take a serious look at and um when when you talk about purpose i think always evolving always trying to provide and be better for your own family and for the rest of the world and be net positive to society i think is a purpose on itself i definitely yeah. now i think that yeah. that in itself providing yeah. information and insight is so like you said the whole world is engineered to make us yeah. think a certain way so if you're fighting against that narrative you are already yeah. providing a purpose for yourself and that's something i i believe in myself as well like i think we're fighting against evil and the people out there that are trying to make us docile or control us yeah. or whatever you want to call it but the, the the argument i have is the information is out there mm -hmm. it's like you just have to once you understand you are being tricked which surely everyone needs to understand how it's so apparent and obvious with a lot of things going on once you understand that you need to seek the information but seeking the information is not a comfortable thing to do because it's much easier to just bury your head in the sand and keep moving but if you want to live a spectacular life you need to do things that are more challenging you can't just live like the average person i always try and say if you want to live a spectacular life you're probably better off doing the exact opposite of what everyone else is doing everyone telling you do this to go to university i mean you went to university got a degree great on you but go to university this is the, the go become a banker yeah. do, it's like if you go the other way and look at wi-fi money or look at e-commerce yeah, or look yeah, at these yeah. things like they're not telling you to do that no one's telling you to go start a business and start an e-commerce yeah, business true. and that the amount of freedom and yeah. financial but there's risk right there's yeah. risk involved with standing on your own two legs yeah. and going i'm going to do this there's risk with that but i think the more people move towards safety safety is you know a disguise for control if you are safe and you have not to think then you're basically just doing the whim of other people rather than your own so if you don't have any purpose or any ideology in life and you're not willing to stand up to your ideas then you're what is, you, you're, you're just part of the machine yeah. you know so i think to to have the confidence what like this i like to talk about this a lot on the podcast about confidence and meaning and all these sort of things but where do you think like you said single mother household went to the army from the army became a personal trainer what in that journey i mean you were like you said even an agent of the matrix if you want to call it that like you were defending the country went to military where was that point in your life where you you peeked behind the curtain and you saw like no, no, no there's something wrong with this like what's what's then made you believe like i need to start fighting against this again i think truly by being in it and living it i think that you can read about it you can get the information 100 right now i think you have access to it you don't have to go through all that to experience it you can access it now that's why you got to listen to people like us you know because why, why you're listening to this podcast because you don't have to go through that you don't have to go access the military you don't have to go to university to because i'm going to tell you straight we talk about getting the degree if anything the degree was um, fulfilling my ego 
it was really to show off like I got a piece of paper because I want to say I didn't want to be a self-proclaimed coach. But if you ask me effectively, did it make me or learn me more about psychology that I could elsewhere? No. Because at the end of the day, well, all I'm doing is I'm learning from a textbook that is that by now might be dated, right? To diagnose people in a certain way or conform them to a certain way of thinking which people are extremely complex, you know, and mm-hmm. we're all very different. And um, that that's also my thesis against this whole psychotherapy, right? How can we define people? How can we put them in boxes? I certainly can't be put in a box, neither can you. We're so complex as a, be- as a, as a human being. So this is what's fascinating about psychology. Yet if we look at like the way we have constructed psychotherapy and psychology, it's just not, it's just not way how it should be, in my opinion, my personal opinion. So if I look back now, wonderful. However, I would have done it a lot different with the information that I have now. So what am I doing? What is my purpose right now? To talk people like yourself and in our circle to help people not have to go through that, to let them know there is, like you say, information out there that you can now access and learn and have mentorships, have people that have went through that and now can help you to live the life that you want on your terms. It is accessible, but you got to do it your way. You got to find out your way, you know, and that that's beautiful right now because I think I'm, I'm now 30. We were on that transition point, you know, where we just started to have the, the MP3 player with the, and now we got iPhone, we got all this stuff and, so I grew up in that time seeing all that transition happening. And I think it's absolutely beautiful that I can say that I went to access all these different sites and now to find out everything was a lie. Was it a hard bill to swallow? Yes, absolutely it was. And um, that, that's where I think building my circle slowly, gradually, and having a lot of you know, r- respect in, in, in my community for the fact that I you know, made mistakes and developed and grew my business to what it is now and my personal brand. I mean, it was it was quite a process. Um, you know, I, I uh, think, yeah. uh, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I think like you said, it's a pro- process. I yeah. think what most people don't understand or people that aren't in the, yeah. that aren't battling or aren't part of this, the people that are just watching, that are sitting there, that are working nine to yeah. fives and they're not doing this, they're not be trying to become the best version of themselves and they're happy living the life that they've got or not happy, but they're, they're too afraid to step out of it, is like, <clears throat> it's a process from the moment you start to the moment you end. And I mean by end, I mean death. So it's like now, what I see a lot of the time is people look up to people and they think that guy's amazing. I wish I was like that guy. But they don't realize that that guy is going through a process. Yeah. That guy is not a finished product. That guy is not perfect in any way. That guy is working on himself every yeah. single day constantly. And the reason maybe you look up to him is because he has, you mentioned mentors or people that he looks up to that he's been speaking to that have elevated his mindset that he's living a different life, but he's still looking at the other people above him and wanting to become like them and trying to improve as a person every single day. It's a process. No one's perfect. And I think... The problem is that the whole celebrity culture that we have and how people look up to people and are like, I want to be like this guy. It's like, well, that guy wants to be like this guy. And yeah, that guy absolutely. he looks up to wants yeah. to be like this guy. And it's a full yeah. process where you're constantly evolving and constantly improving. Yeah. And once you accept that you're in a process and you're trying to become better, 
then you're already better than 99% of the world because yeah. most people aren't even trying. Most people are like, I'm a banker, I'm a builder, I'm the, and they're just doing their work and then they're, they're like repeating, repeating, repeating. Like the weekend, do whatever they're gonna do, repeating, 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 yeah. have a kid, get a mortgage and die. You know, so they're not even in the game. Like when I, the whole reason I started fighting was to move away from that, just to be in the game. Yeah. Now I just consider myself, I'm in the game. Right, started fighting. Don't know where I'm going to go. Don't know what I'm going to do. Don't know how it's going to go. But I'm in the game, yeah. right? It's the game's on. And yeah. I'm going to make loads of mistakes. I'm going to fuck up. And life's going to, then I'm going to progress somehow. But if I don't even enter the arena and I don't even try, and I just, okay, I can't, I can't, I'm scared. I've got a friend of mine, really good friend of mine. I went to school with him. Really, really good friend who he, his dad was, was, trying was one of those guys an entrepreneur starting trying to do stuff had loads of, loads of ups and downs but then he finally when they, with the last recession he, his company got murdered like absolutely destroyed yeah. and he had to sell his house had to sell his cars went back to nothing right nothing in, in in the way of having nothing and he saw all that and my my friends are like the smartest guy i know literally the smartest yeah. guy i know got a first degree in mathematics he's a, he's a, he's a genius and a very interesting guy good communicator great to talk to could do anything this is how i looked at him yeah he was like mm, uh, i'm scared now i'm gonna get a normal nine to five and he works a normal nine to five now and i just think out of the people that i know the potential that you possess yeah. has been squashed because of the fear of failure you're not even willing to try. So I think with the people that are out there that aren't, they have to understand people like you, people like me, every personal brand or people trying to improve, they're all in a process. No one knows the answers. Everyone's trying to seek yeah. them out. Yeah. And you mentioned to me before the podcast, like working with Grant Cardone and these sort of guys. So like, if you could talk about that and how that helped steer the boat for you and give you some understanding or like the, the, you know, the process that you went through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So I, I love that. I love that you talk about this, man, and it hits, it hits, it hits home. Um, because, like, I, I really want to stress that at some point you might think you're there, you made it. And I, I've been there. I got robbed in Barcelona with all my freaking jewelry, all everything. That was all my everything I, you know, invested. I was like, I was full on. I didn't even talk about that. I had this e-commerce store, right? All this jewelry we were shooting in Barcelona. Brought my team out there. Got robbed. Literally in that moment, lost everything I had, you know, because I invested it all in gold, jewelry, diamonds, everything. Uh, that was one of the hardest moments in my life um, because I was, you know, I thought I, I made it. Then I thought I made it again, eventually back, and I started a coffee shop while that failed, you know. So, so being an entrepreneur, and I, I want to say this as well, it, it, we, we live in this culture right now where a lot of people try to push this entrepreneurship it might not even be for you. Like, and, I, and I, maybe it is not, this might not be a popular opinion, but like, you have to ask yourself with self-awareness, like, what do I really want? If you are a guy, and I know a bunch of them, and they're living a fairly good life and peaceful and, you know, nine to five, make, a, make a, over six figures a year. Listen, if you're happy with that and you don't want to uh, put yourself at risk and, you know, all good, all power to you. But if you are somebody that you know something is not quite right i want to do more i want to get more out of this life if you like us and you want to take risks then you got to be aware that this entire game you're never gonna win there's never like an end goal and even when you think you're there there's something coming to bring the bring you the fuck down 
to like humble you, you know, and that's something that, that you had, I had, and we're still going to have. And that's, you know, that's part of it, but that's, that's beautiful, man, because that's life. Um, and even to be fair, even if you have that secure corporate job, it's no security in the end. You don't know when that's going to end. They don't give a fuck about you. You're just a number. So you have to understand that what is really the concept of safety? It is something that is what you create, the concept that you make in your mind. And if that's a corporate job for you and you feel confident and happy and successful, more power to you. Same thing that people say about a billionaire, billionaire, billionaire. Not everybody wants to be a billionaire. You know, for me, my whole goal is, and this is coming back to the Grant Cardone conversation, which I had a couple of years back. And he said to me, Jesse, you got to be always broke, bro. Like, what was your safest investment so far? Always real estate. Oh yeah, real estate. So I always continued real estate since my early twenties, paying mortgage, 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 right, and working to have like being able to 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 have that bridge to a mortgage, and then I was like, wow, this real estate is real, you know. I lost a lot of on crypto, made a lot of money on crypto, but so I fully went all in on real estate eventually because that was my always my my investment, and. Um, it was also fulfilling some psychological element of fear of not having a safety net. It's like, okay, at least I have something to fall back on, at least a home. I'm not homeless. Um, and that's really where it started. But um, yeah, that researching and, and just going all in on real estate, right? But um, yeah, he said to me, uh, always be broke, always be hungry. Because every time I became comfortable, I started doing some stupid shit. Or, I, you know, something happened or... Uh, and. Um, I just lost that hunger. I think it yeah. com comes down to risk tolerance yeah. is a phrase I like to like to when it comes down to investing. You talk about real estate. Yeah. Real estate is a safe, safe the safest yeah. investment you can think of because it's brick and bricks yeah. and mortar. You know where it is. People have to live in houses, yeah. so that's always going to have yeah. some sort of value, right? So if you're look like when we go back to the nine to five job, I, I loved what you said then. You just said like. Um, the idea of safety is in your own mind or you create it in your own mind. I never thought of it that way before. Um, and for me, my idea of safety is the fact that I can rely on myself mm -hmm. to get myself through any situation. I believe 100% in myself. So if I work to nine to five, even the, the, the idea of having someone above me that can take something away from me freaks me out. Still to this day, and I have a few situations, business partners and, yeah. and things like that, like if they make a decision and it affects my income, it freaks me out. I don't like it because yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm now not in control of my destiny, of my future, of my life. Yeah. I want to be, because I rely 100% on myself. Yeah. That's my safety net. My safety net is me. Don't know how I have that opinion, whatever. But yeah. if maybe you don't have that and you'll need to rely on someone else, so you just need to work the nine to five. And look, as long as I clock in and clock out, I'm safe. Yeah. For me, I am safe no matter what, but I think, for my story, I always talk about it, but I went from doing that lifestyle to sleeping on the floor to becoming the man that I became. Yeah. And I think I'm always willing to go back to sleeping on the floor. I'm always willing to be the guy who's got nothing. Doesn't for me, I don't that's have the pride wow. that's like, okay, oh, I try. If I yeah, try something yeah, yeah. and it failed, and I sleep on the floor, I sleep on the floor. Difference yeah. is now I have a family. The family can't oh, sleep on the floor, yeah, right? Man. So that level of uh, safety net or that level of uh, risk tolerance changes because I need to provide for my family always. So as a man, it's my duty to provide for them, yeah. make sure they're safe. If So now my my whole mind changes a little bit. And think, okay, I need, I need something. So yeah. now I'm kind of like, 
20% yeah. in the safe zone because that'll keep, you know, as long as I can pay the rent and I can pay yeah. the mortgage and I have a house for yeah. my family to live in, I can risk the other 80%. Yeah. You know, some people are 100% risk, some people are 50%, some people are 20%. Yeah. Some people want to work nine to five and they would just want to chuck a thousand or 500 or yeah. 200 into a risky investment every month, whatever it is. But my, my risk tolerance, and this again comes down to maybe how we were raised or whatever it would be, I used to fight men in a cage for a living. So yeah. I have the highest risk tolerance yeah. going. Like I will literally put myself in physical danger yeah. to try and provide and make money, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if the, I mean, you did psychology, but I don't know if that's a positive or a negative for me. Cause I'm, I realized when I got into crypto, I started making big investments yeah. in crypto, chucking it in. And it was just me looking for that, 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 that ride, you know, yeah. that, 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 what do they call it? Um, Adrenaline. Adrenaline, yeah, yeah, that yeah. rush, that adrenaline rush. Like I got that from fighting. But then yeah. after you've had 50 cage fights or I had like 40 something, that, that is, I don't get yeah. adrenaline from fighting anymore. It doesn't mean anything to me. But then when I, okay, I got a big lump of money. Let's, oh, that's an adrenaline rush for me. Yeah. Even if it makes a little bit or I lose it or whatever. Yeah. I made some big losses, trust me. Um, so yeah. I think controlling that risk uh, in your life, it, it, again, is understanding who you are and deeply understanding yourself. And if you're not willing to risk anything, like you just said, if you're not willing to risk, True. never become an entrepreneur. Yeah. Don't do it. People are, they're, they're pushing it a lot. People are like, yeah, yeah, you should yeah. be an entrepreneur. You should, yeah, oh, you're yeah, a slave. Yeah. Bro, be a slave. Yeah. Like if you want to be a slave, be a slave. Because if you are not willing to take the knocks yeah. and to be like insulted and damaged and thrown around and broke and rich and broke and rich, don't become an entrepreneur. Just stay safe, be a slave and be happy. There's nothing, there's literally, we use the word slave and it makes it sound bad. But yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Again, you said it beautifully. Yeah. Like if you're happy with that lifestyle, right? So it's having to understand your wants and your needs but yeah. i don't feel like anyone puts any effort into thinking about what they want and what they need they're just too busy chasing their tail 100 percent, 100 percent, and yeah that, that's why i think we need to bring some nuance as well in that in that game because uh we uh we have a lot of young people listening as well young women uh in my case that are uh you know asking me jess how did you how did you travel how did you do that uh, and I'm very transparent about it because I want everybody to be able to access that too. And I think for a long time, I never really understood that my Instagram as an example, which is a highlighted reel of my life, just displayed that high life and not providing that context. And that's also where this context is so important. Because um, here, for the people that are truly interested and they're listening right now, they can understand, okay, what, what is really the background here? How did you really get there? And how can I find my way to do it? And if it means that it is something that is too risky for you, you know, reassess, reassess. And uh, what, what just cannot happen is that you live a life that you are not happy and comfortable and not content with. Um, I think also every, everything I just mentioned is also a concept, right? What is, what is happiness really? What is, what is content? What is safety? All these things are concepts that we make up. So that's why I love how self-aware you are and you really ask yourself, okay, well, I'm in control. I'm, I want to be in control of everything because the moment I rely on somebody else is where I'm like, they could just take it away from me. And, um, there's always going to, this is why I want to ask you though, because there's always going to be some element of it though. You're always going to be relying on somebody, right? Whether it's the crypto game, whether it's a service providing, you know, 
so so how do you how do you deal with that when as an example your crypto investment or the people that are taking service from you are not delivering well, for me it's i'm in con i look at it like it's my responsibility yeah. for everything so when i make a crypto investment yeah. i have to do the research i have to understand it i have to yeah. make it it's if it go I'm, there's nothing wrong with failing uh -huh. there's a thing so if it goes yeah. down the pan and i fail like I invest 10 grand in something yeah. and it becomes zero. It's my fault. Yeah. So then I got to make 10 grand again. I, I, we spoke before this, I made yeah. a big crypto investment uh, for this cycle. Yeah. And you said about it, <clears throat> which I truly believe in as well. Like the, the race never ends. You're going to feel like you made it. Then you, once you feel like you made it, there's two things that happen. You either get hit with a big thing yeah. that destroys you or you see the next level and you have to then elevate to that next level. Right? So you, you depends on your circle, who you spend time with. So for me, in the last cycle of crypto, I made a bit of money and it elevated, then it elevated, then it elevated, then I got crushed, then I elevated, then, yeah, then yeah, I got yeah. crushed. But now I believe that you should always be broke. Like you said, yeah. I always believe that once you make a bit of money and you're starting to, to, to elevate, elevate, yeah. elevate, you can then get to the, whatever that level of comfort that you desire is. Like yeah. you just said, um, work in a bank make six figures and be happy making that sort of money or you could want to make seven figures or eight figures or nine figures or whatever whatever your goal is you have to understand what that level is once you get there though because i this is this happened to me i always tell this story um go back 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 sleeping on the floor in my gym and i got on this tv show called the ultimate fighter and i always remember when on the armor fire, you have to fight to get in the house. I fight, I won, I won, and you get in this big mansion in Vegas, right? So I've been sleeping on the floor in my gym, eating chicken and rice every day, every day for yeah. like two years. Um, and then I go in, into Vegas. I'm in this big mansion with 13 other guys that are all like fighting and whatever else, American, Swedish, all these, these, these great talented people. And the production team, they give you a piece of paper and they say, write down on this piece of paper anything you want and tomorrow will be in the fridge and for me it was like i can have anything like i could work whatever yeah, i write on this yeah, piece yeah. of paper i get and like yeah whatever you want bro it's fine and then all the other 13 guys they're all writing down their stuff and i'm looking at this piece of paper and i'm like chicken and rice because i didn't know any yeah. different from wow. eating chicken and rice so I get given this, I'm like chicken and rice. So I get my chicken, rotisserie chicken, cut it in half, have half my, my rice for lunch, and I'm sorry, half my chicken for lunch, half my chicken for dinner. Boom, did that for about two or three days. Yeah. Then I see Kelvin or Uriah or all these guys, they got sushi, they got steak, yeah, yeah. they got all these different, and I'm like, I'm gonna write that on my list. So I start adding things that they were doing to my list, right? And then I, so I, in a way I elevated the food that I was, I, I didn't know it existed, right? So I was just like, oh, I'm gonna have steak now. So I started having yeah, steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even had for the first time, which is disgusting, but I had hash browns, if you know what hash browns are, but like hash American, browns, yeah, American yeah. style hash browns. Amazing, amazing, from, from, from frozen. But I just remember going from this kid that had been sleeping on the floor, eating chicken and rice. Three days later, I was eating steak and salmon and whatever else. But this, this is the, the interesting part, maybe you understand. Two weeks later, I was accustomed to it. So it was like, no, no, I, I deserve yeah. to eat steak. What are you on about? I'm here, and I'm, I'm partly on the fire. Like this is, this is yeah. the thing. And the same happened me with me and um, gear. Like again, sleeping on the floor, no money, had the worst gloves, the worst t-shirts, everything. Yeah. You get on the on the fire, and you get, you get given like all your kit, all your like the high end yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. whatever you want. And I would be like, 
he's got a t-shirt that I haven't got. Where's my t-shirt? I deserve that t-shirt. And I would yeah, go yeah. to, I can't remember the guy's name now, um, really nice guy who ran the kit. kit. And I was like, where's that? I deserve yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I, But then I'd, I'd go home and I'd think, why was I so, like, why do I think I'm so, so Fuck. I'm saying is yeah. the mind is strange because when you elevate to a level, you think you deserve that and you stay there. And it's like, then if I went back down, and that's why now I know I could go back to living on the floor because I did that. I became this UFC fighter, Vegas, San Diego, America guy, living on a yacht. I lived on a yacht for two years, drove a G-Wagon for two years, had this yeah. life. Then it all ended. People cared who I was, TV, reality TV, yeah. celebrity. Then it all ends. I come back to the UK. No one gives a fuck about fighting in the UK. No one cares about the UFC. No one cares about the armor yeah. fire. In America, I'm like a celebrity. Yeah. I walk in a bar. Like, yeah, they're yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Come back to the UK and no one cares. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh. And then I really understood that it was like false, you know? Yeah. And, and it only comes down to who you are and your values as a person and your understanding. And that experience for me was probably the most valuable thing I got out of my time in the UFC oh. and in the armor fire. Again, floor, chicken, rice, get a piece of paper. You can have whatever you want. Two weeks later, I believed that I deserved, like I deserved this piece of paper that's magically been given me. Yeah, I should be able to eat whatever I want. You, so you're, you're, you, you'd be amazed at how quickly you, you change. Everyone says it because you don't stay grounded because the people around you are not grounded, right? So it's like everyone's doing it. Everyone's like this fame-hungry bullshit. Yeah. Um, once you understand that and you've been, I've been through the cycle of it, of, of like this so next time it happens to me, I'll, I'll deal with it a bit better, you know, because yeah. you, you just do. So there's the same now what I'm saying with money, the cycle of money. I've gone from making, you know, six figures, then you make seven figures, and then you think, and then you think you made it. So, well, you can still make eight, you can still make nine, you can still make ten. Yeah. It depends what you yeah. feel comfortable with. Like you, you put it better than me, but I'm just trying to give it like a real life example of my life. And I think uh, the guys listening to this, again, to make it more, yeah. go back to, to, to what we're talking about. Like if you haven't got the the balls or whatever you want to call it to go through that cycle of the, okay, I made six, I made seven, now I make six, now I make five, now, now I'm broke. Okay, now I've got to go through it again. Like you said about being robbed in Barcelona, yeah. like it, they call it, someone said this so well to me, um, they call it social death. Yeah. So if you, if you experience social death, which when you got robbed, that was like your social death because I'm sure you were projecting some lifestyle. Oh, you were living some life. Then you got robbed and you were broke and you were like, oh, I got to go back to living the, the, this life again. So it's you socially died and it's embarrassing. Yeah. You know? And if you're not want to deal with that embarrassment, then just, just, just keep working yeah. as a teacher or whatever you're doing. But like till this day, I still feel that pain. You talk about it, I'm like, damn, I remember. And that, that's, that's deep, man. I, I love what you said about also hitting back to rock bottom. Like once you taste success, when you, once you taste luxury, it's so hard to get back to nothing. You know, like let, let's, let's be honest here, man. Like the fact that you say, I'm willing to risk it all to fucking go back to nothing. Like most people cannot do that. You know, when, when I, because I went all in, I'm an all risk kind of guy. So I went all in on jewelry. I was like, this, this e-commerce, I believe in it. We made my own line, everything. And I still am very good friends with, uh, with Maxu Tracks NYC in New York, where we did uh, the collaboration with. And uh, man, when, when, you, when you have absolutely nothing again, like I'm talking like nothing, no passport, not even, you know, everything was in there. It's like, okay, all right. I got my mindset. 
I got my mind. I got to get my mind right. I got to get my mind right. And then when my mind was right again, you know, when then that's all you have, brother. That's 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 all you 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 got in the end. All the other stuff doesn't really matter in the end. And then we come to another very important element: your circle. You know, and 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 you know this with the war room, and uh, a lot of the war room members are good friends of mine. And it's like, this is the kind of guys you need around you. You know, because who's really gonna you know be there for you? Who's really gonna be there for you? Most people are just full of shit. A lot of fluff here as well in this area. So you gotta keep your circle very small. You know, and and you gotta protect it. And you got to really know who has your back. You know, when shit hits the fan and when you got some trouble or when you in jail or whatever the fuck can happen, who's going to show up regardless of the situation? But I think yeah. that's yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I think the understanding you said about it, like going broke or whatever, yeah. understanding your true value to society and you yeah. said your mindset. And I believe, and yeah. everyone knows that in the next... We're going into some crazy times at the moment, like crazy, crazy times. No one knows yeah. what's going on in the world. But in the next, I'm going to live another 50 years without a doubt, hopefully. If, God bless like, you. Yeah. if uh, in the next 50 years, there's going to yeah. be bump, 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 recession, depression, this, this, this. No one knows what's going to happen, right? Family members are going to go. There's going to be such hard times. I know... Like I said, I can, because of my mindset, because yeah. of the places I've been, because I've been here, then I've been here. Yeah. Your body and your mind and your world can adjust. You can adjust. Whether it's a positive or a negative, I know I can definitely adjust. I'm not going to be the guy that like, oh, life used to be like this. Like we could go into World War Three. We could be on rations, like yeah. I said, like my dad was. I'll thrive in any situation. And that is where I get that safety from. Yeah. We said about safety. I know I will adjust and thrive in any situation because that's the sort of man I am. And that is the pressure I put on myself. Yeah. And maybe that that gives me a ceiling to the, the level of success that I can achieve financially or whatever you want to call it. But I know if things get tough and hard, I'm the guy you want to call on. Yeah. That's my my mentality. I'm the guy that's going to be there and I'm going to be, yeah. you know, and you talk about the war room and my brothers and all these people. We're going to sit together and think, right, yeah. this has happened. What are we going to do? do, 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 do. I know. Yeah. And um, that for me gives me the, the most safety and belief yeah. in myself. And I think the only reason I have this is because of my journey through fighting and going from sleeping on the floor to going to that mansion and, and living yeah. that life. That all happened in like a very, 22 months I went from like turning professional to fighting in the UFC, which is a very, very short amount of time. I truly believe from that because when you start converting things and things start going your way, I think three years in your life, you can achieve anything, like anything you want if you truly dedicate your life to something. And you and again, we spoke, mentioned the war room, I don't really talk much about it, but like with Andrew and with what's going on with him, He's the famous thing that he says that really hits home for me. And it's, if you truly give everything to something 100% and you try, you will always achieve it. There is no one ever, they talk about it, but it's, yeah. it's bullshit, who has given everything to something, 100% of their effort, 100% and not got that thing. The universe will give it to you yeah. if you truly want it and you truly believe in it. And that's what I did with fighting. True. Fighting for me, I truly wanted it and I truly believed in it and I give my whole life to it. And when I give my whole life to it, it rewarded me. Now with business, I'm giving my whole life to it, my whole energy to it. 
It's rewarding me. The, 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 it's completely fair. Everyone thinks, oh, life's unfair. This guy's doing this. No. If you look yeah, at your situation yeah. and you truly give everything, yeah. obviously, there's atrocities going in the world. There's people that aren't born. But if yeah. you live in the West, if you live in England, if you yeah. live in Holland, if you live in these very, very, you know, what's the fact that uh, Ricky Gervais, fucking hilarious guy, but on his, I watched his stand-up a couple of days ago. And he said, there's yeah. one in 400 trillion chance that you would even exist. Yeah. That that egg and that sperm even hit yeah. and you're born. One in 400 trillion yeah. chance. So if you're, if you're really sitting there thinking like, oh, life's unfair, life's hard. It's like, bro, one in 400 trillion yeah. chance. You know how many times you can win the lottery with, with, with those odds? A yeah. lot. So I think you need to really, I always say, zoom out from your life and look at yourself. And you can only compare yourself to yourself, not to other people. And you look at where your life was a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago and where it is today. And if you're not moving in the right direction, the only thing that's the matter is you. That's it. No one else. And that's how I look at my life. I believe that I'm 100% responsible for it. And I will achieve what I want to achieve as long as I put the effort into it. You know, I know I've kind of hijacked talking, but I think that's uh, that mentality that I have through fighting and through yeah. the lifestyle that I've lived. And like you said, with the circle that I have, it's inevitable that you're going to do something with your life. And people sitting there thinking, how do I start that? How do I do it? You just go because we're all going through a process. Everyone starts somewhere. Everyone yeah. ends somewhere. Like whatever situation you're in now, you just have to start taking the steps in the right direction. And then if you truly put the effort in and you truly want it, you get it. That's my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And also accepting that life is unfair. You know, like like we we all see what's going on. Like what, what do you want to do? Sit and cry or be a victim of it? Or are you going to go try and attack that right which which is what what uh, andrew is doing tristan and, and, and a couple others and when you do choose that fight be ready for what's coming for you and that's what we're seeing right now same way that i met i met andrew and tristan through uh the connections that we have mutually um in amsterdam one of his coaches before he got uh before he got known was training him was one of my great friends and also when i was um I was trying to get uh, Joe Exotic, Tiger King. I was trying to get, you know, I was communicating with him. We're trying to, because obviously he's, he's unlawfully uh, prosecuted uh, with a murder plot for high charges. So I was like, listen, okay, Joe Exotic is one, but uh, we, we were in touch like way before and like even with his ex and everything. So I've been his supporter throughout this entire journey, right? Other people opted in later. And also what I loved is when, when Andrew and Tristan opted in. It's like, perfect. Now we have also a bigger leverage. So we created this group together, trying to get him out. I can't say too much about it, but we started to talk about strategies, right? Because whether it's Joe Exotic or whether it's you or me, when you are all unlawfully in prison, who's going to back up you? Who's going to be there for you, try to fight for you, try to get you out? Because everybody has an example of Joe. Oh, they all had an amazing time watching the Tiger King. Fuck, guys now in jail, you know, people forget about it, you know, fucking guys rotting away in jail, prison, sorry, prison. Still. And, uh, yeah, still. And um, I mean, not shortly after what we were doing that, Andrew had his uh, legal battle. So, you know, like it, that's also going to be going to be a very interesting process because then you're going to see who's, who's really your, you know, your diehard circle of people that are going to call in and check in on you and go to try to do something and talk about it. You know, and that was a very interesting time. That was a very interesting time. And, and, and I, also I, for Andrew. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. believe for the average yeah. guy now, 
you know, uh, take away from the, yeah. these are big celebrities you're talking yeah. about. Take it to your average guy. I think in the UK now, just for things that you write on the internet, yeah. I mean, like 438 people have been arrested, like for, for, for things they've wow. said online. Because they have, and they're put, trying to put in these bills now of uh, safety, online safety, yeah. bullying, whatever. To, to, and they're, they're literally going after people now. So, like, yeah. it could happen to everybody. It could happen to you. Yeah. You just don't, no one's going to know. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is, I'm, there's probably hundreds. And there's probably thousands of people right now in prison unlawfully that people don't, no one cares about. Yeah. No one's even got an opinion of. So it's, it's such a horrible situation. And I feel like security in the world is getting tighter and tighter and more control, yeah. control, control. That's what I'm saying. The next 50 years, when I, while I'm, while I'm alive, I've got kids as well. So obviously I want, they're going to live on. Yeah. But my 50 years on this planet, I think there's a lot of things that are going to happen. We talk about AI. We talk about all the, you know, you're saying about people that can't, People that feel safe because they work a nine to five job, like bro, your job's going. <laughs> trust me, trust me, you are screwed. You think you're safe? Let's talk in twenty years. Yeah. Talk in fifteen years. Talk in five years. Yeah, like yeah. if you're not able to to move and 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 have those highs and lows, yeah. and again, it all comes down to mindset and understanding of yourself. Yeah. But safety, uh, the whole world is going to be turned upside down, and I'm trying to prepare as much as I can for it. And circle is a big part of it and who you know and all that sort of stuff. But the mentality that you have to have and the, the vision, again, the thing I always come down to is maybe guys listen to this, maybe not. Are you sitting there and thinking like, and are you coming up with a strategy? You meant, That's what made me think of you mentioned yeah. strategy for your life. Like are you thinking, okay, I'm going to be here, here, here. Or are you just thinking, working, weekend, I'm going to go out, I'm going to try and meet some girl, I'm going to try and bang her and everything's good. No. Like you need to look, you need to zoom out and look at your life and where it's going yeah. because soon things are going to be, they're 100%, trust me, life is going to get hard yeah. for everybody. In with the wars going on, with everything going on, with, you know, the central banking system and now like even sending small amounts of money to people is, is yeah. hard work. Like everything's becoming harder. Getting visas is going to get harder. Getting passports yeah. is going to get harder. You Like flying could be banned because of the eco blue or what's it called green yeah, stuff. Yeah, blue, green, like, yeah. like your carbon footprint yeah. all these these little yeah. things that are getting put into play like life is going to get more 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 difficult and if you're waiting till you're 67 to live i don't think there's going to be much living left to do at 67 if it keeps going you know what i mean like i honestly believe especially I, i'm from the uk yeah. so if you're in the uk you're on an island yeah. if they say you can't fly what are you going to do you yeah. can drive to France, maybe, but they'll shut it. Like, yeah. you are stuck on that island. So if you're thinking about traveling, I traveled a lot when I was younger as well. When I was uh, 18, I decided to go to, to Southeast Asia and do the whole backpacking through Thailand oh, thing. Man, I love that. And, and, and I funded it through, I've got a funny story yeah. about me and my friend who had a clothing store. We shut the store and we started selling all the stuff online. Yeah. You know, and we would live on, I'd have like 400, 400 pounds a month, which in Thailand, 15 years ago, I, I still wasn't living like a king, trust me, but I could survive. Yeah, living was, good, man. You were living uh, good 50 years know. ago. Yeah. I was going from hostel to hostel to hostel. Oh, I man. remember yeah. um, like uh, <laughs> one day I, I went to the local 7-Eleven yeah. because yeah. I couldn't afford to drink in the bars. So we would we would buy cans of beer, Chang or whatever it's called in, in, in Thailand, but we'd try and get the really strong ones. And we'd sit on the pavement and we'd watch... Uh, We'd watch TV from like the bars are all outside in Thailand. So I'd sit outside drinking beers with my mate. His name's Paul, great guy. And I'd I'd watch TV, but like from the curb. And all the Thais, they like squat and sit down and drink, right? So one day I tried to I drank with the locals and they got this and I I felt like the 
the G, big G because I bought everyone beers, you know, like the locals, like yeah, cans, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I bought like 12 cans of beer and sat with a couple of locals drinking the talking broken that. Thai yeah. and English. And, um, and I got wrecked off this like Thai beer. Oh, and on the w- way home, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm walking back and uh, they were telling me how obviously prostitution is big yeah. in Thailand and all that sort of stuff. And they said, most of the girls, they just want to be looked after because they have to bounce from guy to guy to guy yeah. to guy, whatever. So if you're nice to a girl and you look after a girl, then, you know, she's going to be very, very well connected to you. So I, I, some girl was like, some prostitute was yeah. there and I started talking to her and trying to be really, really nice to her and all this sort yeah. of stuff. And it turned out the next day I was drunk. My mate Paul saw me in the square talking to this girl and he was like, uh, have fun last night. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, it was all right with the locals having a few beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, you spent 45 minutes talking to a man because it was like a oh, lady boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Thailand. So... You know, and I was like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but yeah, what I was yeah. I'm trying to yeah. say is I had, from a young age, when I really decided I wanted to travel like you, I had all these life experiences and I saw, I think this is another reason I feel completely yeah. safe with going broke because I saw the guys in Thailand. I was broke in Thailand, living off of 400 a month, and my life was good. Yeah, They call it the land of the smiles, I think, in Thailand. It's yeah. like people are happy. You, well, the, more, the more you see like affluence and money, it doesn't mean people are happy. Yeah. You go to LA, it's probably one of the most depressing places in oh, the world. Man. Yeah. So Especially now, yeah. It's getting worse and worse, yeah, especially yeah. California. So I think um, like that grounded me by traveling and seeing yeah. other people's situations. So. I'm trying to say in the future, you might not be able to travel. So if you're thinking about yeah. traveling now and you're 20 year old kid, 16 year old kid, not whatever you are, yeah. like you can easily find a way. 100%. Like there was a time to be honest, brother, like I was thinking about just being in Colombia, just staying there. Um, and then also Hawaii for a time. But then when I went to Colombia and I saw like the cost of living and I was, I was able to get like a, for the same money I get a penthouse here, I could get like a beautiful, secure mansion there in a private gated community. However, when I found out that this private gated community security can be corrupted and that my friend who had a, like a beer company from the Netherlands, he's, he created it in, um, in uh, also an entrepreneur, created in Colombia, started like after four years employing people, the best life ever, you know, started to get like trouble with like, gangs and like had to give money to them um then eventually got killed uh and this this was a good guy he gave so much work to the community to, to, like was a fucking beer brewer you know what i mean i was like ah fuck you know i'm not gonna do colombia man because again <laughs> no it's like fuck because the, the peace of mind and safety at the end of the day is everything the same way i don't anymore and I, I, I talked to you with my, my circle as well. We talk about this. You don't always say where you are or you do it a day later because you got to protect yourself. You got to be safe. There's a lot of fucked up people in the world, not just in Colombia, everywhere, right? Especially in these times. So if you out there on social media sharing exactly in real time where you are, be ready for the consequences because there is one crazy motherfucker that can completely like, you know, locate you. And it's what happened to me in Barcelona. It happens to other people that I know. I won't mention their names. So you got to be very, you know, careful with that. Same way where we are, where we are, and we, we, don't, we don't share exactly our movements. 
And uh, that's just the time, you know, where we live in that's uh, as public I, figures. Yeah, I yeah. had to, to yeah. train, still train to my wife on yeah. that because I'll take my wife. Oh, to, yeah. You said you were at Koya yesterday, I think, right? Yeah. We were, when we go yeah. there, she takes pictures of the food or the drink. She's yeah. I'm like, listen, babe, you have to understand yeah. that we don't live in the safest world. Yeah. The people think you do, but you don't. And if yeah. you, people could be tracking and yeah. finding, and if they're looking for me, the way to find me yeah. is the, through you. Yeah. You know, the weakest link is always your woman, right? So I have to, you have to go through this. But people out there, just put a 24-hour delay on yeah. what you're doing and post it the next exactly. day. It doesn't matter. Or when you're um, home, you know, yeah. like well, whatever. But yeah, it, it's, people, it's, yeah. That, that's just great. That's really, yeah. really good advice. Yeah. And, and at every level, because especially for females yeah. watching, like in general, if you're a female yeah. and you're going out, even if you're just oh, at university man. or whatever, like never, ever post in real time where you are because it's, it's so dangerous now. There's so many people on it. I know quite a few people who have been robbed. They're... Their villas have been robbed while they go to dinner because they post they're in this fancy villa and they're on holiday and oh, then, they, then they're out for dinner. Exactly. So the guys know, yeah. you know, and watches get taken and all this sort of stuff. So you have to be super careful, yeah. especially if you're going to, I mean, Colombia's. I've never been to Colombia. Oh, you have sure not. No, no, no. Sure, it's a different matter. Oh, I um, love, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, it's one of my favorite places. I've, I've been there now three, four times. Um, I mean, uh, I had a couple of girlfriends there as well. Um, I think it's no secret that I uh, have a weakness for Latinos. <laughs> but, and this is another thing we have to talk about. And I know that the people that answered this, the story that I did, uh, you know, what topics we should talk about, a lot of it is about like love and women. And because I know you guys love that. And it's very important actually, because it can wreck any successful man. We all know it, we've seen it, it happened to you, to me. Uh, it happens right now to people, uh, you know, good guys. So you gotta protect yourself in every single way as a, as a, as a high value man or a, an upcoming guy that's like, you know, working his ass off. You don't wanna get wrecked by some, some girl. It's just not worth it. And you wanna be also not simping towards a girl. It's not, it's not you know what I mean? It's not gonna lead to anything good. Um, so that's something we have to touch on as well. Um, because what I, what I see happening, and I, I know quite a few even like, very successful people that when it comes to women, they got completely lost and again and again and again. And I'm like, wow. I think I mean, most, a, a lot yeah. of success yeah. in, for, from a man's standpoint, most of the time when I, I boil it down, the reason they come became successful financially is because they weren't successful with women. Yeah. So they, they oh, felt man. rejection in this side of their life. So they took that energy and yeah. that heartbreak or whatever it was, and they built it into success in this yeah. side of life. But that doesn't mean they fixed the, 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 the love side, yeah. you know? Um, and then what happens is they're financially wealthy or, you know, whatever it is, and then, then they get used by women. Right? And they don't even realize it because they haven't got that radar. They haven't built that radar because they've been so focused. Happens with a lot of IT guys yeah. and people that, you know. So what a lot of guys, I, I speak to a lot of people about this. And it's like when you become a certain level, it's like it's more about what you don't want than what you do want. Yeah. Right? And I, 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 someone told me, I don't do dating apps or anything like that, but um, oh, what's it called when you um, you like cancel out the, the people? You have uh, conditions almost. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to communicate this very well because, it, but it's like when you yeah. you say in your your paragraph or whatever it is that you're writing, you explain like what they you you they have to pass like almost tests to be, even get your attention. Where it, what we have in society now is females run the attention game. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Men are you use the word simping, whatever. They're simping to women rather than the women simping to the men, right? So 
if you, again, it comes down to levels and where you are in your life and all that sort of stuff. If you're uh, not doing anything with your life and you're you're not we call a high value man or whatever phrase you want to use, you then can't put these tactics into play, right? Yeah. But if you are financially stable or you are doing well for yourself, you then should be able to select your what you want out of life with your with your partner and with love and all these sort of things. But most men they get attention from a woman and oh she's nice she likes me she says yeah, hello yeah, and then yeah. they just they just get sucked in you know mm-hmm. rather than i would say every man on the planet they'll be able to set goals about business and they'll be able to set goals about their physical condition i'll go on to go to the gym i want to be able to bench press 100 kilos or whatever it is yeah. but no one will set goals for their 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 wife or their girlfriend or like the sort of woman they want to have yeah. in their life they don't look at it as like a business plan because they think oh love's this mysterious thing that like, oh, you just feel it. And when you feel it, you know. It's like, listen, bro, okay. But if you cancel out all the bad stuff, then you know that you're going to feel it. And you might be right. You have to have that connection and you have to have that 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 thing. But you don't want to have that thing with some whore that's going to take everything from you. You yeah. know what I mean? So you need to at least set a standard of, of the woman that you want to be with. And for a man to do that, I think is uh, very, very rare now, that I find. But love is not my subject you know i've been married now coming on 10 years so right, then love is your subject uh, yeah, i think that's a beautiful thing congrats on that i think not many people can say that these days unfortunately um and that's a reality that's a reality look at the statistics right divorce rate has never been higher than ever i mean it's it's, it's crazy and the reason why is look at what's happening in the world look at what let, what the social media is doing to us right uh we're, we're opening our phones and we get all this you know, information and women and men and DMing. And, and it's like, um, we're very far away from God, unfortunately. And that's why we got to talk about this and we got to talk about God. We cannot just talk about money. You know, a lot of times we get caught up in this money game and just talking about money. And then a guy like that made his money starts falling in love and gets completely, you know, fucking thrown away and, and, and like sucked in into this endless pit of darkness. And women understand that power. Women understand that they control this this guy, right? And unfortunately, but this is it, this is yeah. sorry to say. Yeah, this is the thing for me. What I want, like like you, like any man, like any woman, you're only going to respect somebody that sets a boundary for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there and you said like you're a man out there and this woman sucking you in or whatever, it's in, if you say no, you can't do that. You have to do this. The, the fear of rejection of you saying a woman no yeah they're like oh, i don't want to do that because then maybe she won't like me it's like that's exactly what they like yeah. that's exactly what they want they want you to set the boundary they want you to to say no they want you to be like you can't do this this isn't okay i want this 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 and this because if you're able to if you have the the balls again it comes down to confidence it comes down to self-worth and all these things to understand that you are the guy that is allowed to set these boundaries for these women, then they are going to treat you differently. Whereas if you're just like, oh, fly me to Dubai and take me out for dinner, okay. Yeah, it's like, there's no respect there. There's zero respect. And once the respect is gone and there's no framework for the relationship, you just get sucked dry, you know? And then they move on to the next. Women are like vampires. Not just all women, and I'm not saying it like that, but I mean, if you allow them to be, you know? So again, if you're out there searching for love, Search for love under some parameters that, like, you want X, Y, and Z, not just any woman. Oh, you know, what's love? like you just you just end up getting wrecked. I this reminds me of the podcast that was Sadio Psychology, 
which was actually ended up being my number one listen to podcast. I encourage anybody to listen to it. It's um, we talked about like what exactly it is, and also the metric of like high value. What is high value? Well, your accessibility, both sides, women and men, right? If you are accessible to all the women that are, you know, eights or nines or looking beautiful, then you're not that high value because you are very accessible. And men like yourself, like me, we're not just accessible to women. I, was I when I was 24? To be honest, yes, I was. You know, I fucked around. Not going to lie about that. Um, I think right now I'm at a very different stage in my life. I matured a lot. I think it's I'm a, I'm a one woman man, if you will. And I think it's important to build a family structure and also set the example for, for your children. But again, to each their own. However, in an attention society with a lot of seduction and, and women on social media portraying themselves in a certain way, if you are weak as a man and you are not close to God and you are allowing yourself to be so accessible, sorry, you're not high value. And this is exactly what Sadia said as well. And this is the same way with women, right? Um, a lot of people, by the way, I want to clear something up. They said, uh, if I had a crush or something on this, I want, because they, the way we looked at each other on the podcast with Sadia, I uh, just want to make it very clear. I have a great respect for Sadia. I think she is a, a, a great example of what a woman can be and should emulate. Um, so I think she is in the space of, uh, of leaders. I think she's a great example. And I hope more women like her stand up. Um, and uh, yeah, as far as the way we look at each other during the podcast, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I know that uh, we are both in a very happy relationship. And uh, that's all that I can say. And I have great respect for her. And I think, um, yeah, we're going to do a lot more. But uh, I'm glad that she's she's talking about this because there's a lot of topics that need to be talked about and not everybody dares to touch on it because they're afraid of the consequences. I'm like, no, we have to talk about it. If we're stepping into this, this, you know, this conversation of what it takes to be an all-rounded man, and I also encourage, and I've said it in the podcast before, read the book King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, The Four Archetypes of a Well-Rounded Man. You cannot just be too much warrior. You cannot just be too much lover, right? You need to emulate and, and master all those four archetypes to be well-rounded. What's be, the name to of be that book again? King, warrior, magician, lover. King, warrior, magician, yeah. lover. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So yeah. the king that sits on his throne, that looks at everything that's going on, his empire, right? The warrior who goes after it, the masculine, like attacking. Um, then the magician, you need a little bit of magic, a little bit of charisma. And then a lover, the, the feminine side that we all have, you know, the, the wrong romance and all that. So once you balance those four archetypes, you know, I think... Um, Robert Green, the, 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 he wrote the book. Oh, okay. of, uh, yeah, so it's a great book. I encourage it. Uh, I've uh, mentioned it before. Uh, I know and Robert I would say Green. It's, I don't know yeah. where he's from. What yeah. book have I read that Robert uh, Green has written? Uh, I've yeah, okay. He yeah. done 40, 40, yeah. 40, 40 Laws of Power. 42 yeah. Laws or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 40 Laws of yeah, Power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Also so, a great, great book. Okay, fantastic. Um, That's where I know him. Yeah, I, w I would say the book for all men. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I encourage anybody to read it. And it helped me a lot as well to balance a little bit of my, my the structure. I was uh, often too masculine, too too much. Uh, um, I mean, now nowadays you would call it red pill, right? Uh, very very yeah, in the yeah. extreme of red pill, and uh, that's um, you know. So so I try to balance this as, as well as our business, right? Because I, uh, yeah, as, as as somebody that runs a business right now, I have to put all these different expectations in in perspective. And what do you need? What are your needs? And I also want to be always in the field. I don't want to be somebody that 
you know, is just an executive and tries to put people no, I want to be in there. I want to be around the people. I want to be in the field and lead by example. It's also very important for me. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. That, I, I'll look into that book as yeah. well. I think that's this uh, Sadia. Her name is I've never met her. Yeah, Sadia Psychology. I've seen yeah. some some yeah. things that she's done, and I, and I think that's a really interesting point: accessibility as a woman and a man. But I think that's when you can start. I think it's obviously very very different mm -hmm. because women start their lives off saying no, and men start their lives off saying yes, 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 yeah, yes please. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's a, it's like the merge of the yeah. two. So. I don't like talking about body count and all these sort of things, but that's generally why a man's body count is higher because they're chasing, yeah. they're, the, they're the hunters, yeah. right? And the others are the ones saying no. So when a man gets to a certain point in his life where he can then say no, yeah. that's when you know he's he's elevated yeah. to a certain level, right? So I think that's what most, and, and, and that's what most women want is they want a man that can say no because otherwise how do they know they're not saying yes to everybody, right? So I think it's it's not my topic. I don't have a yeah. like solid opinions yet set on those things. So I don't like to try and say things uh, so much, but I think that that book sounds fantastic. And I think the idea, I, I used to have an old coach that always used to say to me, I can't wait until you become a well-rounded individual. So he used to say to me when I, cause I, really? I was 100%, wow. maybe he's read that book. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, hyper yeah. intelligent guy, like yeah. a genius, genius level guy. Um, so I met him for the first time in like six years in London, a couple of weeks back and he's still yeah. the same. He, he, he's super weird. You think you'd, 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 you'd pass him on the street and you'd think, but he's this hyper guy? intelligent yeah, yeah. guy. And you said, I can't wait for you to be a well-rounded individual. Wow. And when we sat down, he said, mm, you're not there yet, but you're, you're, you're on the way, you know? Like, cause I said, yeah, I brought yeah. this up with him. And uh, because I used to be so the masculine, the warrior, yeah. like fight, 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 fight. I fight, mean, fight, that, fight, that was your life, bro. Yeah. You know, like that's beautiful. Like that you now you're stepping away from it and looking at it from like a, uh, you know, a 360 view of like that life and being so self-aware. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I was uh, super lucky yeah. at the beginning of my yeah. career. Um, there's a guy called Luca Centore. And he's a psychologist yeah. as well. So he was a sports psychologist, but he used to train with me. And we used to have these deep, deep yeah. conversations from, from day one. But I think going into fighting, um, because of my religious background, my mum was a Jehovah's Witness, I used to go to church. I, I just viewed the world very differently to most people. So when I went into fighting, I was lucky. He said to me, you're ex unbelievably self-aware for like a fighter, because yeah. most fighters are whatever. Um, and I've tried to carry that through my life. And at a young age, I was like this. So now I'm 35 now, so it's obvious to be yeah. self-aware. But I think that skill that I had, it like gave me a very good understanding of, of where I am in, in life, you know, and I, and I had to push in certain directions. But I, I like to think that I'm becoming a more well-rounded uh, individual. Yeah. And I think this podcast is helping me maybe see the feminine side yeah. a little bit more because uh, my feelings and getting, I'm not, I'm not that guy, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. but you need to be, you're right. To be, yeah, to be, you need to understand at least yeah. the dynamics of it. I'm not saying you should be touchy-feely, but you need to at least be able to look at a, a soft person and be able to understand why they're like that and yeah. have some, so again, I, I don't have that. The magician, I think I have. So yeah. when you say a magician, I think I've got that. The charm and the understanding of, of these sort of techniques, if you want to call them that. I think I have the, that. The warrior brothers, and the, the king, I definitely have. The, so how I describe it, yeah. which I, I spoke about a couple of times, but I always say like we're, we're three things. Yeah. So maybe I'm missing that fourth person. We're like three things. We look at ourselves. Who are you? If you ask yourself, who are yeah. you? You say like you're your body, you're your mind, and your people call it your spirit. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say spirit, but you're your spirit. So we live through the flesh, yeah. and then 
our senses and our intellect is the other part of it. But then you have the guy that controls those two things. So maybe that's the king, right? So the king yeah. is the guy that controls it. I call it your will or your willpower. In the morning when you're so comfortable and yeah. your body's comfortable and your mind's comfortable and you're tired and you don't want to get up, it's the king that says, come on, bro, you got to get up and you got to go out there and you got to hunt, right? So the king is telling you or your, your um, you know, whatever whatever your king is telling you to do that so it's like that is pushing you with your will is explaining to you that you have to do that so you that controls your body and that controls yeah. your mind maybe your body is your warrior and then your mind is you the magician right so i just need the lover i need to add that in the heart maybe that's the heart right but brother, so you, this is the thing right like i we're all broken inside you know we all went through shit we, we're all on, on a on a similar path and i think amongst the circle that we are in you know there, there is this idea and this concept of, okay, we cannot touch on that. We cannot talk about that or we cannot, you know what I mean? Like that, that's when you're in the comfort of your home with your woman, you are showing that lover, you are showing that soft side. You know what I mean? Otherwise, like you're completely disconnected from your woman in the first place. So, and, 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 um, again, as, as a, a well-rounded masculine man, I think it's very important to be aware of that. You know what I mean? Because otherwise you're lying to yourself, brother. You know what I mean? And I think that uh, in, a, in a world where we are like having all these different conversations about what it is to be a man, like let's not forget where we come from and let's not forget that the trauma that we experienced is part of who we are becoming and also how we can be the best version, not just in our work and in our path as a warrior, but also at home to show up for our wife, to show up for our children. And that's, uh, uh, you know, you can be successful anywhere else, but what when you come home, you know what I mean? That's why I, for me, as, as an example, my, my, my girl's pregnant right now. I'm, I'm not as much in the office anymore, but I, I try to stay as much home as possible to be there for her, you know what I mean? Because for me, I'm, I don't feel successful when I'm not there for her, when she's not happy, when, you know what I mean? So this is uh, an honest conversation we need to have with each other. Yeah, but yeah. I think because I've been through yeah. that, I have been yeah. through what you're going through right now yeah. twice. I have two two young daughters, oh, wow. and I believe the same thing. Yeah. And then you believe the same when the baby is here physically, and 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 the mother is caring for it. You believe the same thing. Yeah. I have to be around. I have to be there. I have to care for them. I have to do these things. But then as you <clears throat> progress through that journey, or for me again, talking from my personal stanza, is like. What are the responsibilities for you as a man? You just said, as a man, I, 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 want, I want to go home. But that energy that you are sacrificing for your woman mm -hmm. and to be at home with your children, as positive as that can be, it then takes away from the other three sides of your life, right? So those three sides. So if you, if you are fortunate enough, which I know you're in a very good position to have be able to provide the lifestyle that your woman and your family need and be able to be that, that masculine man, then and you have the charm or the magician, then okay, it's easy to be the lover. So, but I think what you need, I, I've not read the book, so I know nothing about the book, but these four characteristics that they're talking about, you know, they said the king, the warrior, the magician and the lover, in my opinion, the lover comes last because you need like, okay, if I'm all lover, but I can't put a roof over your head, I'm no use as a man, mm -hmm. right? But okay, if I put a roof over your head and I protect you and I've got the charm, but I'm still not, I haven't produced that love, but at least you've got the other three, right? So yeah, maybe the perfect man oh, 100%. before, yeah. but I think you need to yeah. understand. So for me, I was, I come from fighting and all the rest of it and I, my, I'm successful to a degree, 
but the life that I want my family to live, I know that I need to provide. Yeah. I got to be out hunting for. Yeah. I have to be the warrior. So the king has told me to go out and be the warrior and provide for my family. So sometimes, this is what I'm saying, sometimes when I come home, I am so fried from that life. I work from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. And my wife doesn't get that, that, that side of me, you know, that she wants or needs. So, but I think I'm doing my, my main responsibility as a man is to provide and to serve in that sense. And then the, the, the cherry on top is for me to be able to sit there with her and, her, and, and they come out in moments, you know, in moments that when I'm at home or when we go on holiday or when, when I'm playing with the kids, that's when that comes out, but it's very, very natural. And it's, it's, it's when all of the other parts of my life are, are, are controlled or are working, then I can be that, that guy who is the lover or the, uh, what you said, like open. I can be very open and relaxed. But after a day of hunting and destroying and winning, coming home, it doesn't, it, it's not yeah. a switch. That I'm just like, okay, yeah. now I can be open. It's like, it, it yeah. takes some, you know, and I think as a woman, understanding that and how different we are like for me, I think the the love for a child comes mainly from the woman, and the the father is the the um, example to them. You know, that's how I look at it. But I might have got a four year old or two year old, and I'm out hunting, yeah. killing, winning, destroying, like taking over, doing what I want to do, and providing. And they will look at that, and they know I'm doing that for them. So, yes, I agree, and I think the perfect man can have all four, but I think. The last one, the lover comes last on, on, on what you need to be as a man. Like being that soft individual, okay, you can be open, you can be soft if you have all the other, other three in play and you're smashing it. I'm not there yet. I'm a developing human. I'm a, like we said, no one's a finished product. I'm trying to push myself to yeah. the limit. And these other ones, these three other ones or two other ones. Well, know? this is a really good conversation. And this also comes back to the conversation we had earlier about comfort. Mm. Right. If we are at home all day with our wife and our kids, we get weak, we get soft. When we're in the field, you know, we're meeting people, we're working, we're grinding, we get hungry, we get like, you know, we get that feeling, we have masculine urge. So that's very important also to like for for your children to see, but also for ourselves. So I I truly agree with you when you say we have to be, you know, whether we are in already in a position, we have to be out there, we have to be working and making, you know, bringing the bread home, 100%. That's, that's, I think that's our masculine imperative. And ultimately, we're striving for the same thing. We're striving always for that balance of like, hey, am I showing up for my wife? Am I showing up for my kids enough, right? Am I bringing home enough love? And that's a question where I think we're all trying to figure out what is that, that you know, that, that sweet spot. Yeah. But that sweet spot always lands first in getting out there and making shit happen, 100%. But yeah. I'll, I'll give you some advice yeah. as a man that's been, been in, the, in the game a little bit longer with the, the kids, yeah. is like, this is how I look at it. I look at why my wife fell in love with me and the reason that she decided to become my wife. That man is who she fell in love with. Yes, you both develop and yes, you, you change. But if I stay at home, and I'm always around, and I'm always there in the female energy, and, and then that man erodes, erodes away. And I've been that guy that eroded away, and I'm not the strong yeah. guy that stands True. there and says what I said on this podcast, that I believe in myself 100%, yeah. and if, the, what, if shit hits the fan, 
I'm the one that is going to fall on. It's not going to fall on my wife. It's not going to fall on my kids. It's going to fall on me. Yeah. So I have to be the guy that's going to stand up and say, I'm going to do the job. So that erodes from you if you are with your girlfriend yeah. and your kid all the time and you spend time with them. So it's like, uh, trust me, like being around female energy consistently and constantly it erodes you as a man. 100%. Like, I've been there. I, I, I agree with you, so, man. Yeah, even, even, even if you don't have kids, right? Yeah. Like, like if you, if you take that away, if you're with your woman, that's why, like, I think Tate as well, like, talks about this, right? He lives with his brother. Like, just to be around, like, men that are striving and want to, like, you know, you to be the best version of yourself is so important, you know? That's why, like, meet up with your circle. Go do shit, you know? Like, and, and, and challenge each other. Your woman is not going to do that. So, you need that. It's the uh, yeah, that they have yeah, them. Like, yeah. So they're off on a, yeah. they're on an absolute scale this side, and that's why they're yeah. smashing, yeah. like unbelievably successful. Yeah. But they, they have the softer side, obviously, but yeah. way less than I do. Yeah. And I'm trying to strive in the middle, right, and find yeah. that middle ground. Like, and again, it comes down to your yeah. comfort, your safety. Yeah, like yeah, what yeah. we spoke about. Yeah. So in their minds, they're never safe. They have to always be yeah. hunting. They can never sit there and they, they can't be in that environment. They don't want to be in that environment because they always want to be performing at the 100% yeah. best they can be. And th what did he say the other day? It was like, um, you're always uh, the crazy guy until you're right. Like, so if, if, they, if you say, you're, you're always paranoid, you're always paranoid yeah, until yeah, you're yeah. right, right? So they're like, they live on paranoia. Like, oh, we have to be the best, we have to be the best, we yeah. have to be the best, we have to be the best. Yeah. But then when they get challenged, they're the best. So it's like, if you're living that life where you're allowing yourself to erode, I'm comfortable, it's okay. But then when you've got to stand up and be the man, you need to make sure you've got the opportunity. Yeah, and, and again, yeah. my physicality is a great example of it because me as a physical specimen, if you look at me five years ago, I was a monster. You look at me now, uh, I'm kind of a bit softer than I was. If I had to fight off intruders right now, I'm never going to be as sharp <laughs> as I was five years ago, right? And that's because yeah, yeah, I've yeah. become comfortable. Yeah. And money and, and yeah. affluence, it makes you more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, fucking Cadillac dinners and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it's... Again, I think your woman, yeah, and, and, and this is what I'm trying to say, your, your woman will tell you that she wants certain things, yeah. but she doesn't know. She is lying to you when she yeah. says, I want you around all the time. You got to be home. You got to be with the kids. You got to blah, 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 blah. Then you do that because you think, oh, that's what my woman wants. I want to provide. I want to be there. I want to be the loving husband or the, the, you know, the father. And then six months go by, a year go by, and you become the man that you don't become the man that you were. And she looks at you and be like, this isn't the guy that I fell in love with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, because you've turned me into this. Yeah, so yeah, you have yeah. to remember like maybe what your woman wants, it's like, it's not actually real, Damn. you know, because we are again, fed all this information by mainstream media and all these films that we watch yeah. and these products to the dark. Okay. When you have kids, you said, no, I completely, having gone through it and gone yeah, through yeah, the yeah. cycle, yeah. I believe that what I'm talking about Tate. So what Tate is saying and what the mainstream media are saying, I think the happiness is the lies in the middle, you know, mm -hmm. for everyone. Everyone is on a different part of the agenda, right? So maybe just live with your brother and never have a woman in your life and never be there. And never, maybe that's what you need to do if you want to become the most, most influential man in the world, which he literally is, right? But if you want to just be happy and live a nice life and you want to live, you don't want to go the other way where you spend all the time with your woman and your kids because then yeah. you become a fat, docile piece of shit. Exactly. So yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. be in the middle. So yeah. again, getting balance of those four yeah. traits. But for me, the, the, the lover comes last. And if you need the, the other three in place. So that was just a bit of advice. If you, 
you you will it's so complicated because your woman and your your kid you will feel this urge that you need to be there mm. because she's saying you need to be there and you're like okay i want to be there I'm gonna, and that's what i did the good husband i'm home yeah, changing yeah. diapers doing all that sort of stuff and then she'll look at you and they'll be like who the fuck is this i didn't marry this guy it's like no so because you become weaker you know mm. you don't want to become weaker trust me it is a lie is an absolute lie. So when that lie comes, because it will come, and she said, you you have to be the man and be like, remember we talk about boundaries and being able to say yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. You have to have the confidence in your soul that no, I'm not doing that. That's your job. You're going to look after the kids because that's your 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 job. My job is to do X, Y, and Z. And as long as you are providing the the, the necessary things, obviously love and everything else, she'll be happy with that. But if you're too scared, this is what I was, not, not scared my wife was gonna leave me, but scared I wasn't being the father or being the man that I should be and people were gonna look down on me. So I had to change the diapers and do all this crap. It's like, I did that for my first kid because I thought that's what I had yeah, to do. Yeah. But then when I realized, no, this is actually making me weaker, that my second child, I didn't do any of that. You know, I didn't do any, and my wife's never been happier. So it's like, it's a weird dynamic yeah. because they'll tell you to do something this and is, yeah. you think that's what you should do because society tells you to do it, but yeah. she's only telling you to do it because society are telling her to, that you need to do it. Yeah. So she's like, oh, no, no, no. To be a good dad, you need to be here and you need to change diapers. No, to be a good dad, i got to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I have to be the, man, the best version of myself. And then when you get those opportunities yeah. to open up and be the lover and be the provider, you know, and they'll come every day, you know, but you don't want to, this again, completely my opinion. That is how, for me, from child one to child two has been completely different. And the understanding the roles in, in our family is so much more important because you, otherwise you just become a weak, like she doesn't look at you the same. And, and then that's that spark, And that you it, went through that process, like from personal experience, you know, first changing diapers was your first one, like, and having to, to now find that sweet spot i think is absolutely beautiful yeah, and everyone's yeah, sweet yeah, spot's yeah, different yeah. everyone's yeah. in a different situation but that's yeah. that again we talk about like sex yeah. and like, like that spark yeah that goes when you become some loser that's just yeah, home all the yeah, time yeah. watching netflix and changing diapers yeah. no woman wants that no yeah. woman wants that yeah, as no, much as they say they yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. as yeah. much as they'll say to you oh you're yeah. like i'm away all the time she'll say to me oh you're always away yep I got shit to do. I got to yeah. go out and hunt. I got to yeah, provide yeah, yeah. i'm the warrior you know that and that's what women want they want the warrior right they want the king they want their king and they want that warrior. They don't want the lover all the time. Yeah, so it's like, that's my, my personal experience, what I have found. I, I really agree with what you say. And I think, again, this is, by the way, our masculine imperative. I think this is our duty mm -hmm. as a man to show up, to go out there and hunt. I don't think this is a negotiable. The main conversation here, what we need to talk about also is that our kids are in danger. We, they live in a society that is weak, that is feminine where our culture teaches our boys that they need to be more feminine or they start to learn about transgenderism at six, seven. So how do we protect them from that? Well, it is to show up, to also be there, to also show them that there is a dad that teaches them things, right? To even homeschool, if you will. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily changing diapers. It means showing up, showing them a hierarchy in the household, that there is a leader, and that there is one that needs to be respected as such as the mother and that hierarchy needs to be in place and that is i think where i'm coming from whereas like if you're if you're always gone right and if that's necessary for because number one you need to provide you need to protect mm -hmm. everything so of course but if you have a position where you can be home you can homeschool and you can show them the hierarchy as an example you where do you see 
a dinner table where everybody just sits together, right? And we talk about how was your day? These days you see kids with the iPad. You see them on their phone. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Well, I want to ask, I want to talk. I want to, I want to have a moment during the day. And again, I'm, I'm going to be there soon, May <laughs> next year. <laughs> so I might have this conversation with you again next year and we have a different conversation because at the end of the day, it's about personal experience and, it, and you change. But I have this idea in my mind. I want to sit at the dinner table at least once a day with my family and, and not have cell phones or iPads. No, we're going to pay attention to each other. We're going to respect each other, right? And I want to... I want to give that to my children. And I think yeah. being able to install that hierarchy mm -hmm. is what I'm talking about. Yeah. That takes a certain type of man. And yeah. a man that's run businesses and a man that's lived yeah. can do that. And that's what I think is, is missing is the confidence to install a hierarchy where you say, mm -hmm. this is how it is. Yeah. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. Because it's fucking hard. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. Like you, this whole mentality, it's admirable. What you just said is yeah. admirable and I hope you achieve it and I'm sure you will. But for you to be able to achieve that, you need to have the confidence to stand there and say, this is yeah. how we're going to do it. Yeah. And when she says, yeah, but I went, nope, we're doing this. Yeah. And the only way she'll do that is if she respects you as a man yeah. and goes, okay, you know, you're the leader of the pack. Yeah. We're going to do what you say. Yeah. But now... The society is saying, no, 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 no. Exactly. I want this yeah, and I want yeah, this. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a lot of steps yeah. to it. And the iPad thing is funny because uh, me and my wife talk about this quite a lot. But every person before they have kids, they say like, oh, why every time I go to a restaurant, I see kids with the iPad and I, oh, my kids aren't going to do that. Good luck, bro. <laughs> because it's, it's when you understand, uh, when yes. you understand, especially I've got two kids yeah. now, people have three, four, five, yeah. whatever. It's like, you, when you go out to a restaurant, again, this comes down to where you are financially and all the yeah. rest of it, but for most families, they go out for a nice dinner on a Friday night, they go out once a week, blah, 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 blah. You just want to have a nice dinner because you're yeah. paying for it and the kid is on you screaming, shout, trust me, give them an iPad, they yeah. shut up. So I agree. And we were said the same thing. And we, we need want to the have this thing. podcast also in one yeah, year just to talk it, about this. Have it in yeah, two yeah, years yeah, yeah. When it, because it's, um, it is, that that is what you want. Yeah. So difficult. Oh man! So. Yeah, well, what you want, then what's going to happen in reality is going to be very different. I get it. Yeah, this but, is but, just what, this is my vision now. Yeah, good, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. At home, <laughs> at home, we have yeah. that, and it's fine. But yeah. when you go out and see them at restaurants, it's different because yeah. you're paying for them dinner. You you want, and your your wife's got a night off, and she's not cooking, and you want her yeah. to have a good time. And the ba the baby keeps saying to her like, "Oh, mummy, mummy, mummy!" Like, shut up. Here's the iPad. My <laughs> wife, my wife can enjoy herself. She can relax, and it, and trust me, it, it, it's needed. That is great. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've spoken about this on a few podcasts, yeah. but I think that's important. But I think yeah. what you said about the hierarchy and um. And again, it comes to forget kids, marriage, all that stuff. Yeah. Again, when it comes down to dating, you're talking about hierarchy, right? Which for me yeah. is like boundaries. A family boundaries is a hierarchy. Yeah. Boundaries in dating, again, is the same thing. It's having the confidence within yourself to say no. That's all it is. And if men learn to say no, it, it, it takes them so far. But the problem is most men haven't even got to the, the opportunity where women are trying to trying to attract them, you know, so they're, they're, yeah. they're hunting saying, and yeah, then they yeah, get yeah. the opportunity finally to go on a date with this girl yeah. and, and the guy it's like, so there's levels to the yeah. game, right? It's all completely different, but I'm interested to see where your uh, family journey goes. And uh, I'm very, very, obviously having kids now is a scary, scary experience, <sighs> but, friends, yeah. but it's, uh, it's yeah. amazing. There's nothing better. Yeah. That's why we're here. Anyone who doesn't have kids or doesn't want to have kids, completely up to them. But I can't understand it because that is why we are on this planet is to pass on our knowledge. And I've got girls. I mean, yes, I wish I had a boy and maybe I will one day. But it's like 
that's the reason we're here. So you're extremely lucky. You're in a good position. Your business is, is smashing it. You know, you've got, got the woman that's going to have your children. Great. Everything's going well for you. So I'm very, That's very absolutely not true. I think, I oh. think we're all going through. I mean, yes, of course. But like, I think there's always another battle we have to fight. I think everything is going well for, for anybody. I think this is a, it's a fallacy. I think it's a lie. I think as a man, we have always not a battle to fight. And, but compared uh, to the average man living their life, of course, I mean, we, we are, yeah, we are very lucky with yeah. the circle we have, with the, with the, with the connections we have. Uh, but, but again, I, I don't take that for granted by any means because I know what I had to go through. And, and, and again, I live with integrity. So yeah, you know, we make mistakes, we fall, we get back up. But one thing I can tell you is brotherhood. And this is why I'm so glad that the dates talk about this so much is everything. Cause that's all you have. That's all you have left left with. And, uh, whatever path you follow. And that's why as a man, we need to talk about all these other things because otherwise you can get caught up and you can, you can, you know, I, I had a podcast with Rob Moore and I said this to him as well because he specifically chooses to just talk about money. All right, cool. But what if, what if you talk to a lot of young men that, that want to make money, but they don't know how to maintain it, right? It's another thing to make money, how to maintain it, how to spread it. I have everything in assets, whether it's crypto or real estate, right? I had to learn that. I had to learn not to go after just materialistic stuff. I had to fall on my face. I had to go through all that. Now there's an opportunity for youngsters that are listening to not even have to go through that, to just go directly into assets. Whether that is good or bad, you're going to learn. You're going to do your research. You're going to have to find that out. But protect yourself and learn to be the best version of yourself and attract the right woman. And I think one of the best metrics to find when we talk about high-value men is look at the woman who's next to him, right? If the woman respects you like you mentioned, but also if she, the other way, if he's respected by his peers, she's respected by his peers, you come in, you come to my home, my woman asks you, hey, would you want anything? Can I help you, you know, like a coffee or whatever? She, she's proper, she's respectful, you know? We have a mutual friend and we all talk about his woman. We don't talk about his Lambo, nobody cares. You know, we all got nice cars. Nobody gives a fuck. We care about the woman that's next to him. And with a great woman, you can be a great man and the other way around. So I think it's very, very important to talk about because I see it every single time. A lot of great men or men with a lot of potential be absolutely destroyed or make the wrong life decisions because of a woman, because of a pussy, you know? So I'm glad we were able to touch on all these different topics though, you know, because it's, it's happening as we speak. No, I think yeah. it's, it's been a great little podcast. Yeah. Um, I think the best way to end, as always, is for you to talk about where people can find you yeah. if they want to continue. I know you have a YouTube and you, you spread these messages and stuff like that. So you can talk about, we'll put all the links below uh, so people can access them. But if you just run off like yeah. how people can find you and where's the best uh, place to contact you or anything like that. Well, my, my personal brand is Jesse Meester. Um, and there you can also find my real estate page. We give a lot of real estate information, which is my main business, obviously. So we're helping a lot of people, including people from our circle to move down here, whether it's a rent or purchase and, um, you know, give investment advice. And uh, our philosophy is very simple. We wouldn't show you anything or help you with anything that we wouldn't buy or rent ourselves. So we are uh, personally invested into things. And sometimes we show something that we get ourselves because the client didn't do it. And that's very different from a lot of the agents here and the reason why we started. So, um, but um, brother, I, I want to thank you so much. I thought this was a very good conversation and um, I, uh, I look forward to our next one. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about uh, the children as well again. Yeah.
Yeah, look forward to that. Congratulations yeah. on that. Thank Congrats you, brother. everything going yeah. on in your life. And yeah. thanks, guys, for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. Loads of information in this one. Uh, and I'll see you next week.